Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday, September the 20th, and wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace today. I wish you God's strength today. I wish you God's peace in the midst of whatever good or whatever uh, storm uh, in which you find yourself today. Uh, we are knocking on the door uh, of fall, aren't we? Uh, today, isn't today the last official day of summer? Uh, I hope that you live in a place where you can enjoy this gorgeous weather that we have had uh, here in the Kiel, New Holstein, St. Anne area recently. It has just been fantastic. But again, uh, wherever you are, I just hope, uh, uh, I hope you're are able to be present to, to whatever is going on and, and whatever situation you're in. Uh, okay, so today, my friends, we are going to continue through Luke chapter 8. There is a feast day. I'm going to talk a little bit, just very briefly, about the, um, well, there's a, a number of companions that were uh, martyred, and uh, we celebrate their feast day today. Um, and uh, And we'll talk about them at the end. But want to uh, focus on a gospel. It's a brief reading. So Luke chapter 8, verses 16 to 18. We'll break that open a little bit and, uh, and see where that might be pointing to us uh, as to how this word can find its root within us. Okay, so let's break open God's word and see what God has for us today through Luke. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the crowd, No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible, and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's uh, first set the stage uh, again, because context, brothers and sisters, always, always remember that. Uh, Context is so important. When people just throw verses of the Bible at you, Uh, make sure you understand the context from which those verses come because that's going to help you interpret and understand. Uh, A a Bible verse taken uh, out of Scripture is just that. It is out of Scripture. And uh, and we want to make sure how it fits into the larger whole because it is a larger whole. Uh, Scripture is not just made up of many little things and you can take and pick and choose what we want. It's, It's a pattern. It's a theme. And, and this is part of it, okay? It's not the scripture entirely. So, uh, we heard, remember we started chapter 8 on Friday. And that was talking about Jesus traveling around the countryside with his 12 companions. And those who helped support his ministry. Namely, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. And other women from whom uh, their resources uh, supported the ministry of Jesus and the twelve. And so we, we honored and praised those in the background. 
Well, had we read Saturday's gospel, it would have been the gospel of the sower, the parable of the sower and the seed. Now, we heard that gospel, what, two months ago or so in Matthew. Remember, it makes perfect sense. Matthew and Luke share a source, what we call the Q source. And, uh, and so a lot of their stories are together. Now, interestingly enough, today's gospel we find within Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. You would find it uh, in, verse, in chapter 5, excuse me, around verse 14, 15, 16. I didn't uh, check up on that, but that's about where you would find it. Toward the beginning, after the Beatitudes, but toward the beginning of Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, which again are chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. Luke, we've already done his Sermon on the Plain, right? We did it last, uh, what, last week or so, and it's much shorter, right? And so now we're outside of the Sermon on the Plain, but yet we're hearing that same teaching. So again, uh, you may say, well, where did Jesus say it? Did he say it on the Mount or on the Plain or afterward? Yeah. Yes, he said it. That's the important thing. The whens and the wheres is, is, is far less important. That's, that's 21st century questions whereas the writers were trying to create a statement of faith. They were trying to write down for these early Christians who Jesus was, and more importantly, what it meant uh, of, uh, for them and, and what it pointed to, where Jesus' life and, and words pointed to and what it meant for them as Christians and, and, uh, and what it invited them to. So the wheres and the whys, don't get caught up on that at all. Um, but here, so let's talk about what, what Jesus is inviting us to because that's so gorgeous here. So he's saying it to the crowd. Now that means all of us. Again, uh, he's not just saying it to the disciples. He's not just saying it to, to you know, the inner circle three uh, or the 12. He's saying it to all here, okay? No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it, he or she, by the way, places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. My gosh, that's so beautiful, isn't it? Now, again, of course, it's talking about our experience of, of uh, God and God's life within us. Now, my friends, I know that sounds so darn churchy, and I don't mean it to, but really, that is the key. You know, I, I love being a Catholic. I love being a follower of Jesus Christ. But that experience at church um, is only secondary. It is only secondary. Uh, and it only makes sense. It only comes to life to the extent that we have had an experience of God in our lives. Otherwise, gosh, it can just be going through the motions and jumping through hoops and, and making me feel better uh, and, and more clean as if I'm working myself to God and God loves me better by going. The truth is, brothers and sisters, everything we do at church comes to life once we know who God is because then it makes sense. Otherwise, it's my stuff. It's my baggage. And that's what Jesus is saying here is, listen, have you had an experience of God? And if you have, what, is that, what does that lead you to? We don't, we don't have an experience of God and then try to, to place it uh, under fear and place it under a blanket, you know, that says, oh, that was just for me. It was between me and God and that's it. 
brothers and sisters, I do agree. It does start between me and God, but it never ends there. In fact, I think that's the whole point of the Hebrew people. It had to start between them and God because God needed an, a place to inbreak, if I can use that word, within the world, to break into the world uh, from which the redemption could be seen, from which uh, his word and his life could be seen and witnessed and experienced. But again, it wasn't just for them. And, and they wanted to, many of them wanted to keep it just for them. But, but it couldn't be kept to them. Jesus pointed in that direction with all the, the, the uh, fringe people and Gentiles that he reached out to. And if, and if we didn't get it there, Paul blew it wide open, right? Because God needs a place to break in. And so even true in our life, God needs a place to break in. But brothers and sisters, if we keep it just between me and God, that's what he's chastising here. That's what he's criticizing here. He's saying it's not just about you and me. That, that would be the vertical axis, right? Axis, A-X-I-S, meaning the vertical axis of the cross between me and God. Yes, it has to start there. We need that experience of God. Otherwise, all this stuff means nothing. But brothers and sisters, the cross wouldn't be the cross if it was just the vertical axis. We need the horizontal axis as well, which is me and everybody else, because that's where it goes, Right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I mean, that's what we say every time we say the Lord's Prayer. That it, that it ends up, this grace that which I've experienced, that I uh, can be a conduit of that grace for other people. You know, the parable of the, of the one who was forgiven, who we just heard, what, a week and a half ago, who, who was going to be thrown in jail um, and is his wife and kids all sold into slavery to pay the debt. And he bends down and says, Lord, forgive me, give me time and I'm going to pay it back. And he, and he's overcome with forgiveness. The King is. And then he goes out and he throttles somebody who owes him a pittance for that. You know, and he says, I treated you with this grace. Why didn't you treat that other person with grace? That which we experience, brothers and sisters, that light, no one who lights a lamp or has that lamp lit Praise be to Jesus Christ. No one who has that lamp lit conceals it. We don't put it under anything. We don't hide it under our own stuff. We don't hide it uh, because of fear and what will other people think. We don't hide it because of, of um, you know, it doesn't allow me to be at the center anymore. We don't hide it because of what it, it costs us and it will cost us. It will. We don't put it under a bed. Rather, we place it on a lampstand so that those may enter what? May see the light. They may not see me, even though they're probably all parts of us that want to be seen, right? Um, they may not see me. They may see God. Um, I mean, isn't that what we, we say? Um, that they may see your good works. Isn't that? I'm sure I'm going back to Matthew now if we were to read the whole thing. Um, that they may see your good works and give glory to God. So we, we, we place it on the lampstand so they may come in and see us and see how we live in that truth, in that light. And in turn, we give them permission to, to, to live their truth, to live in that light. Now, we, we can say that's, boy, Joe, you're being relativistic in their truth as opposed to the truth, capital T, capital T. Well, of course, 
our truths are always subservient to the truth. Because we can only know who we are in Jesus Christ. Um, There's nothing apart from that. And so, yes, my friends, if we've never had that experience of Jesus Christ, I just urge us to sit in silence and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I, and, I, and, and I'm not just looking for a feeling. You know, the, the second reading today talked about we ask for things, but we don't receive it because it's for our own passions. And, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about our own agenda or our own, you know, stuff or saying, Lord, I want to experience you so I know that you love me. And that's part of it, I think. I think our insecurities and smallness needs that. But, but I think it's even more. It's saying, Lord, I can't give what I don't have. And I wish to be lit. Brothers and sisters, we've been immersed in the waters of baptism. We receive the Eucharist. Uh, we receive God's grace in uh, the sacrament of reconciliation. We receive his power and strength in confirmation. We receive, we receive his His presence uh, in our spouse and in matrimony and in that love that we get to live or in our vow and our yes to, to loving the many uh, if we are a religious or a priest. God is, is not absent. God is present. And, if, if, and we can't live feeling to feeling. So that's not what I'm asking here. But if you've not yet experienced the love of God, I urge you to say, Lord, this is what I need because I want all this to make sense. And I want, I want this. Uh, I want to be a light lit for you. And here's what I'm going to say too. Here's what I'm going to say too, because I do believe this is about allowing ourselves to become that wick, right? On Pentecost, you know, the the driving spirit, so this is uh, Acts chapter 2, comes down and and comes and and what looks like flames are above every one of the, uh, the apostles and disciples in the upper room, right? Because they're lit. And I don't mean that in a drunk sort of way. I mean that they're, they're, they're candles. They're on fire for Christ. That's what we desire. That's what we desire. Is your heart hard today? That happens, brothers and sisters. It happens in my life more than I wish to admit. Um, are you tired today? Are you burned out today? Are you, are you at the end? Give it all to our God. And just sit and wait in silence because he comes. He comes. Our God comes. And, uh, and allow him to relight and rekindle that. Not so we can sit with it and say, we're good and loved. Yeah, that's part of it. But so that we can channel that. We can live it. And in so living it, give other people permission. Now, brothers and sisters, here's what else I'll say about this before I go on to the, uh, the saints that we celebrate today. And that's this. You know, you have been given a unique voice and a unique way of being in this world that I have not been given, that other people listening to this have been, not been given, that other people in your life have not been given. And so often, brothers and sisters, what we will do is we will give our voice other to, peop- to other people because we feel like it may not be um, the correct voice or strong enough or, or, or wise enough uh, or, or beautiful enough. Oh, brothers and sisters, you are made in the image and likeness of God. 
And and I I I hope you know that. I hope you know that at a level deeper than your head and 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 within your heart and that you've been made good. Um and I think our life's journey is falling in love with who God made us to be and how God made us. And we don't want to put that under a bed or under a blanket or under a mask or under uh, the cone of silence. Brothers and sisters, you have been made good and made in the image and likeness of God. Remember that. And in being who you are in Jesus Christ, who you are in Jesus Christ, I invite you, my friends, to live that well. Because in doing so, you give us permission to live how God has made us in Jesus Christ well as well. And that, my friends, is how we build the kingdom of God. So today, my friends, we celebrate uh, the feast of Saints Andrew Kim. No, I'm going to say this terribly. Andrew Kim Taigon, Paul Chong Hasong, and companions. And and again, I, I'm I'm going to do very poorly on uh, on what I I say about them. But really, ultimately, what it means is between 1839 and 1867 in Korea, there were a great deal of persecutions uh, of the church in Korea. Um, now, they, the thought is that the Christianity in Korea was closed off for centuries and centuries and centuries, right? Much like uh, much of the Far East. And, um, and they thought that after the Jesuits... Now, this would have been Francis Xavier and his companions brought the gospel to Japan that some of those soldiers who were converted brought that to Korea probably late 16th, early 17th century. And for, gosh, I'll say well over 100 years, um, that those that young church uh, grew and grew and grew um, uh, until, gosh, it was... I, I want to say certainly decades later, uh, I, I don't want to oversell it and say hundreds of years later, but it was decades later before the first priest got there. But that they lived their faith uh, without the Eucharist and they lived their faith without the sacraments, um, but yet were a growing church. Now it had to be underground. And, um, and so basically many of these people during these persecutions uh, for those 30 years were tortured and killed in the most brutal of ways. Um, and um, some of them, uh, well, I, I won't even go into how it is, but, uh, but ultimately uh, they were willing to uh, say yes to the faith, even in the face of, uh, of torture and death that presented it. And even, there were even some that um, that find that that basically uh, apostatized and said uh, no, I'm I'm not a Christian. But then even came back later and said no, I was wrong. I am, and and submitted to to torture and death at that point. Uh, women and men, young and old, uh, and again that's the seedbed, right? These martyrs uh, for the church. But I want to read you now. John Paul canonized about 98 Koreans. Uh, and three French missionaries who were Jesuits. Um, he did that back in the, uh, in the 90s, I believe. 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, in 1984, when he visited Korea, uh, John Paul canonized all these, and so we celebrate them today. But I want to read you a paragraph. Now, this is from Franciscan Media, uh, from their Saint of the Day, and I, I thought it was beautiful. And I thought, you know, this is really good for us today, because some of it is, is where I've been pointing with the gospel. So this will be about three sentences, four sentences, but I hope it means something to you too, because it did to me. And it says this, We marvel at the fact that the Korean church was strictly a lay church for a dozen years after its birth. How did the people survive without the Eucharist? It is no belittling of this and other sacraments to realize that there must be a living faith before there can be a truly beneficial celebration of the Eucharist. The sacraments are signs of God's initiative and response to faith already present. The sacraments increase grace and faith, but only if there is something ready to be increased. Isn't that good? The sacraments increase grace and faith. We are grateful for them. Couldn't do without them, but only if there is something ready to be increased. They are not magic. We need to participate in the action of God. God will do most of the work. God will do the heavy lifting. But we must open ourselves and say yes to that idea that there is something there already, you know, in our baptism, in our yes, um, to be increased. Oh, that's why church makes perfect sense. It, it's so beautiful once we've had that experience of Jesus Christ. That is my hope for you and I today, that we may experience the living Christ in our midst today, tomorrow, and always. Let's pray. And so we begin, my friends, uh, trusting that our God, our God is with us and our God is for us. Uh, and so let us begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first glorious mystery, uh, Jesus rises from the dead. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Monday. May it be filled with all God's blessings and goodness, and even more importantly, God's presence, that experience of God in your life. God's peace.